released from the obligations of the law. Paul says the law has jurisdiction over a man as long as he lives. The last thing the law can do to anybody is put you to death. Once it's put you to death, you're not under that law. So through the death of Jesus on our behalf, as our representative, we were put to death and released from the claims of the law. Now we are free to be married to another. To whom? To the one who rose from the dead. How can we be united in our marriage relationship to him, not through the law, but through the Spirit? I believe personally this is the greatest single contribution of the Holy Spirit to our spiritual life, is to make it possible for us to be united in a kind of marriage union with the resurrected Christ. According to whom we are married to, we will bring forth the fruit of that union. If we're still married to the flesh, we will bring forth what Paul calls the deeds of the flesh. Now, Paul lists these in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. The deeds of the flesh are evident. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousings, and things like these. There's not one good thing in that list. The flesh is corrupt. Whatever it brings forth is corrupt. It is evil. It is unacceptable to God. As long as we are married to the flesh, no matter how hard we try to do good, we'll bring forth the fruit of that union with the flesh. But once we're set free from that union, and once we're married to the Lord Jesus through the Holy Spirit, then we'll bring forth the corresponding fruit of that union. And in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, Paul speaks about this kind of fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. When you're bringing forth that kind of fruit out of your union with the resurrected Christ, you don't need to be controlled by a law because there is no law against the fruit of the Spirit. Let me just give you a quickly, in closing, a picture of the kind of union that the New Testament speaks about. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 16 and 17, Paul joins together two things at first seem very surprising. He says, Do you not know that the one who joins himself to a harlot or a prostitute is one body with her? For he says, The two will become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now that's a very astonishing parallel that Paul uses in the flesh and in the spirit. In the flesh he speaks about a man being united by an immoral sexual union with a prostitute. And he says they become one flesh, one body. But in the same context, he talks about being united with the Lord Jesus and becoming one spirit. You understand? There are two kinds of union. There's a fleshly union. There's a spiritual union. What the Holy Spirit does is enable us to be united in spirit with the Lord Jesus. And once we're united with him, we will naturally, not by a matter of effort, bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. You see, the question is not our effort. The question is, to whom are we united? Effort won't do it. Union is the only answer. And I believe that this particular union with the Lord is consummated in one way, through worship. God is Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. I believe the climax of our union with Jesus through the Spirit in this dispensation comes in worship. When we become totally united with the Lord in worship, something happens within us that is going to release all the grace and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So bear in mind those two alternatives, united with your flesh through the law or united by the Holy Spirit to the resurrected Christ. Mm -hmm.